Welcome to the King's Healing Room Podcast, where we are a kingdom ministry within global presence. We are located at 4326 Pharaoh in Syracuse, New York, 13219, where the executive pastor is Elder Yulon Jones and the senior pastor and founder is Bishop Brian K. Hill Sr. All are welcome. Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Lord's Day. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Forgive me for my lateness here because if anyone knows what we go through, they understand. But I am here. And we are here to give honor to our Father, first of all. This is 2024. Tomorrow, 365 days we have made it. Amen. For those that don't understand, God gave you life. Life to be here on today to see another year. Amen. But some people take it for granted. Some people don't care. Some people use it for their own personal gain. But I'm here to say, don't take it lightly. Please don't take it lightly. Because the stuff that we went through Nothing compared to what we're going to be going through. So, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for allowing us to be here this morning. Thank you for giving us the breath of life. Thank you for giving us obstacles that we have triumphed over. Thank you for giving us burdens that we have carried to make us stronger. Thank you for giving us the loves to give us inspiration. Thank you for allowing us to breathe, to walk, to fellowship with you. Lord, we are so grateful for the things that you've done, doing, and continue to do for us. Let 2024 be a milestone that we're going through to show what we have been through. To let us know that you will, you will still keep your promise. You will never leave us or forsake us. We're the one that turns on you. But Lord, on this day, we're here to say hallelujah, hallelujah, Hallelujah to the highest praise, to the Almighty, to the Most High God. Amen. Now, have you ever heard your mother call you? Have you ever heard, have you ever called your mother? Have you ever heard your father call you? Have you ever called your father? 
the grandparents. When people call on you, you answer. When you call on them, they answer. But what transpired in the middle of that makes a big difference. Because your mother can call you and you pretend like you don't hear her. That selective hearing that we have sometimes. But when she called you the second time, she called you by your full name. Then now you answer. We don't choose our parents. Our parents choose us. God allowed us to be put where we need to be, with who we need to be with. All this was ordained way before we was even thought about. But we have a calling. Everyone have a calling. Whether you answer or not, totally up to you. But we all have a calling. And we all will answer to that calling. One day. But you know what? I answered my call. I answered my call. Like Jonah, I ran from God for a long time. I was riding with Satan. Thought everything was uh, okie dokie. Thought everything was copacetic, cool. Because the lifestyle I was living, the money I had, the cars, the motorcycles, the women, the places that I had to live in. But you know what? No matter what is given to you, not by God, it will surely fade away. You can guarantee that. You can guarantee that it will fade away. And when nighttime comes, you will be alone by yourself. That's where God wants you. Alone. So you hear only him. I heard the call. It's the message today. How many of you heard the call? John chapter 15, verse 16. You did not chose me. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you.
See, we don't choose God. God makes the choice. Because if it's left up to us, we'll still be doing wrong because we don't have no explanation for it. We don't have to work hard at it. We just do, and then we say, that's just how I am. We curse, and we say, that's just how I am. That's how I was raised. No. We hurt people, and we say, that's just how I am. They know how I am. They know they don't rub me the wrong way. Hmm. How many times you grew up God the wrong way? And he forgave you. Think about that. We were created. We were created to bring, to, to bring glory to God in everything we do. But each of us have been created with specific purpose. God's way are not our way. So to be in line with his will for our lives require us to seek relationship with him. We, he communicates with us mainly through his word. God assures us through scriptures when he seek, when we seek him with all of our hearts, we will find him. You can't find God through television. You can't find God sitting in a club, drinking. You can't seek God on the dance floor. When you want to find God, you got to sit, be still, that means steadfast. Read the scripture. His word. His law. Meditate on it. And call out to him. And talk to him. See, God, I know a few people that read the Bible, smoke weed, and drink wine, and trying to find God. I'm not saying that it's wrong, but I'm just saying, who are you listening to when you got all of that in you that influences you that what you're reading is not true?
Because God is not the God of confusion. He's not. Plain and simple, that's the way he do it. If you want to see God, seek God in the way you're supposed to seek him. Read his word. Get it to the scripture. Oh, he will talk to you. He will touch your heart. But you've got to be willing to open your heart to receive it. And you can't flood your heart with alcohol and tell my you you trying to listen to the word. Because the word that you be seeking half the time is not the right word. It is a drunken word. It is a word that influenced by temptation. Because you're not focused on him. My, I used to get drunk. I used to be a drunk, an alcoholic, a drughead, a crackhead. Really, I was a crackhead. I smoked crack. I made crack. I sold crack. I became my crack customer. 17, 19, and 20. One, those are the years that I became a crackhead for six years straight. Six years straight. I was a crackhead. And I'm going to tell you, I enjoyed it because I was still trying to chase that first hit that I got. I never found it. I never could attain that first hit that I got. But see, through all that time, God was still talking to me. He allowed me to go my way, but never kept his hand, never took his hand off me. Because he had a purpose for my life. Pacific purpose that he had ordained before I was born. Before I was conceived. He knew what I was going to do. So he allowed me to do the devil's work. Like the devil said, like Lord said, have you considered my faithful servant, Job? Have you considered him? And the devil probably wanted, why you, why him? Why can't I pick someone? Because I'm going to show you where my faith lies, where the faith lies in the one that I created. I'm going to show you how faithful they are, even though they're doing what they're doing. And it's against my will. I'm going to show you how faithful. They are. When you are all in for God, when you got everything that you got, all your eggs in one basket, all your money in one account, all your shoes in one, one closet, 
all your food in one pantry. When you got all your thoughts in one person, God knows you sold out for it. For whoever you give all your eye worship and praise to. And I never thought I would be here today. 2023 going on 2024. 61 years. I never thought I'd reach this time, this, this platform of my age and where I am. All because of my father. All the glory go to him. All the praise go to him. Because I heard the call. I heard the call. And I was tired of being tired of this world when I was playing in. I was tired of being tired of Satan and all his tricks and trickeries. I was tired of being tired of lonely nights. I was tired of being tired of breathing shallow. And I was tired of being tired of being dead walking around in this world. And I decided to answer the call. And here I am today. Every ministerial calling has preordained by God. God, before the person was born, see, God already planned all this in. He already knew all this. He already, already know what your name is going to be, what you're going to do, when you're going to do it. So, when you was born, God hardwired, hardwired you with a certain characteristic that goes with the calling that he already ordained on you. He hardwired you before you was even conceived, before you was born. He hardwired you with a specific characteristic for the calling that he had on your life when you born. Once you're born, it's already there. He know the time limit that it's going to take for you to answer that call. He knew when I was going to answer that call. I didn't know. I never knew I'd be standing before you. I thought I'd still be in the streets, still doing what I'm doing. Still being in the streets, still slinging drugs. Still being in the streets, still fighting. Messing with different women at a time. Cheating people, robbing people, smoking crack, doing everything under the sun that wasn't righteous. I thought I would still be out there doing that. 
I'll stand in the Lord's house because he already knew all this is going to happen and he already knew where I was going to be at a certain time. The characteristic, they are inseparable from you as a per person. They are inseparable. Being a pastor, I have seen my pastor before we, before we say he's a, he's a bishop. I've already seen my pastor. I've seen the degree that he put himself, that, he, that the Lord allowed him to be. I've seen the vocabulary of his talking, his teaching, up here like a professor. Then he break it down to where adult can understand. Then he break it down to where a teenager can understand. He break it down to where even a five-year-old can understand. Because he was hardwired for this. Even though he did what he did, even though his lifestyle wasn't acceptable for God, but God already knew this. But he already knew what he had planned for his life at a certain time when it was going to happen. See, you have to conduct yourself in a certain way. When you're on a job, you have to conduct yourself in a certain way. Even when you're not at work, you still have to conduct yourself in a certain way because you still represent that job. You still represent the job. Bishop Hill still represent Christ. No matter where he at, what he doing, who he's with. Because his conduct should align up with God, with God's will. His conduct lines up with God's will. That's why I'm still here today. Not saying that he don't line up with God's will, that I'll be out of, the, out of the service and all is completely known. That means if his, if his, will, his conduct and his degree, being a pastor and a bishop, don't lie with God will and it's not acceptable to God and it's not crumbling around him, I stop following him because he's not the one to follow. I might as well be back in the world doing what I was doing. But I'm still here because Bishop Hill conduct aligned up with God's will. It's still lined up with God's will. He put all his trust, his faith, his heart, strength, and everything in God's hand. He lined up with it. He put all of it in his hand. And he trusts him. 
with his life. With his life, he trusts him. You have to really be sold out to put your life in someone's hand. And Bishop Hill is sold out for Christ. He's all in with everything. He put Christ before his own life. See, that's why I'm still here. That's the teaching we get in the King's Healing. That's the conduct we see. For example, what is important to a believer? What is important to a Christian? What is important? When I compare my Christian life, my believer life, to the walk and that of others minister that I see, that I study, that I experience. I found out Mommy. that we have a much deeper desire for the things of God. We are willing to die to our desire and ourselves. Willing to die. That means nothing is more important than what's going on with us than Christ. Christ far more the, the only important thing in our lives. Because nothing else compared to Christ. Nothing. Nothing compared to Christ in our lives <coughs> than Him. He is the most important, the only important thing in our in our life, in our walk. Because he don't want to allow us to wake up. He don't want to allow us to breathe this air. He don't want to allow our body to have these certain jobs to do to keep us alive, keep us walking, keep us floating, keep us talking, keep us hearing. Blood cells giving oxygen throughout our bodies, our heart beating, our lungs, our kidneys doing what it needs to do, our eyes focused on him, our ears hearing what needs to be done, our nose smelling good food, and you know I have to throw that in there. But when we align ourselves over here, Keep him first. He allowed this small piece of our body, the strongest part 
of the human body, your tongue, to be tainted, to be controlled when you keep him first. And that's the thing about Christ. He is our go-to. He is our only. Only. We are willing to sacrifice more for the sake of others. We are willing to seek out the will of God when others are having fun. We are willing to ask God to convict us when we are wrong. See, if you sold off for Christ and you heard the call and you are in it all the way, you can't be stepping in and out of the pool. You start going wrong. You want to continue to do wrong. You don't want God to convict you then. But then you want to come to church group and holler shout. Fall over, over, over the floor. But if you're in it for Christ, you take it all. Because how? Are we going to get closer to Christ and have a relationship with him when we don't want to be convicted of our wrongdoing? That's just like taking a Bible scripture and taking out what you want to benefit you. You can't. If you're going to read the Bible, if you're going to go home, grab onto a scripture, you grab onto the whole scripture. Read, read, read about it, read below it. You don't just take that one scripture and run with it because you have the wrong concept about that, about that scripture because you use it to benefit what you want it to benefit you for your personal gain. But if that scripture is convicting you because it's telling you that you're doing wrong, but you don't want God to convict you, you don't want God to get on you for doing wrong, then why are you in and why are you following Christ? If you're in it for him, you're in it for all, not just some. Because a lot of times I ask God, I ask Christ to convict me. Show me what I'm wrong. Show me I'm going the wrong way so I can get back on the straight and narrow. Stop me from being, from getting to that, that brick wall that I, my flesh, took me to. Because I entertained the temptation. I don't have few people that ask me, walk, well, won't you come on, go out with us for a drink? I say, I don't drink no more. They say, oh, well, you ain't got all you got to do. You can, you can have it worn down. You got to have it strong. You can have it like a virgin or whatever. I say, put it like yourself. One of the reasons I stopped drinking because every time I drink, I want to fight. 
Every time I smoke, I want to fight. Now, I'm not going to entertain going out with y'all because I don't want to put myself in a place that I'm going to have to have excuses why I was there. Because ain't no sense in me going with you because if you don't listen to me at work, how you going to listen to me at the bar? So I'm not going to go out because if I go out and I take a drink and sometimes you're only just one sip away from drinking, one puff away from smoking, Oh, at times I get so frustrated. Oh, it's like, ooh, no, no, I can't do that. I get in the center. Because I know if I don't get in that there, I'm gonna entertain what was what was my flesh desire that was itching for something. To relax that frustration of mine. So I get into the word. I go in my office and I close the door. So I say, no. Because if I go out with y'all, and if I somehow somebody kind of trick me and put a little something in my, my drink that, no, just, all you gotta do is just, just a little couple of little, little dots, little, little drips. And that temptation kind of like, this Coke tastes pretty good. But somebody just kind of like dab a little bit in there for you without you knowing it. Then somebody gonna get hit. Because I say when I start drinking, I wanna fight. And trust me, I fight stupid. I'm a dirty fighter. <laughs> Very dirty. Very stupid. Very relentless. So I can't entertain that. I can't go back. Because I heard the call. And the call is more stronger than my flesh. We are willing to ask God to deal with us in the area of holiness. The average Christian is willing to sacrifice things for himself for the purpose of God. Romans chapter 11, verse 29. Pull that verse up. Read it. I say everybody have a specific characteristic that God hardwired in them before they was even born. Before time was framed. Before everything. God already had all this in place. He had all this in place. But we think we know more than God. We think that we know ourselves better than anyone else. But if we know ourselves better than anyone else, 
Why don't we keep calling on him? When we get to that point that we have nothing left, that we are in our road, why do we call on him? And first thing we say, God don't answer my call. God don't answer me. I've been praying for him to answer me, but he don't answer me. Could it be because you wasn't listening? Could it be because you're hard, because you allow yourself to be tainted with everything else in this world? God said, you're going to go through what you're going through until you, until I, until we are at our weakest. Because when we're at our weakest, God is always strong. But God said, I'm going to allow you to go to that point till you're so weak that you have no strength left. Then you can listen to me. Then I will have your full attention because you have nothing left. But why you think you're the strongest thing on earth and you're dealing with all this other stuff and you got all this stuff, I'm going to wait till it all evaporates. I'm going to wait till your strength evaporates. I'm going to wait till you at your weakest When you at your lowest, when you at your desperate hour, then I will answer you. Then I will come to you. But then you will answer my call. See, God, we don't tell our parents what to do. Our parents tell us. We don't tell God what to do. God tells us. That's the difference than what people don't realize today. Because when you go to that job, you give everything to everything, you give it all your all. You go to that job, you give it your all. You allow, you, you, you're so polite to your boss, you're trying to have the best intention in doing what you're doing. You show that you're a team player because you're trying to get the best raise you can get. You're trying to, to show the best impression on them. One of the most satisfying yet demanding profession is Christian ministry. However, unlike other professions, you don't choose Christian ministry. It is the ministry that chooses you. Nobody wake up like, you know what? I want to be a preacher. I want to be a minister. I want to be an elder. I want to be a deacon, a deaconess. I want to go to church and do all 
this stuff because I choose to be. I choose to be. The Bible says that Jesus is the head of the church. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. And it is him himself who choose who shall enter full-time ministry. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10 through 11. Pull them up. Pull them up. Read them. They'll tell you. The word will tell you. No one should enter the ministry on a whim or just on a desire to do good or for financial gain. If you are not called, you will not have the degree, you will not have the grace nor the gifting to do it. It's a gift that was ordained before you was framed. As a result, you will be frustrated. The light of God will not be in it. And it will be just a job without satisfaction. When I came into the King's Hidden Room, I came in, I was high. I came in, I still, I had beer because I had just drunk that morning. I, had, I was just drinking and smoking that morning. So I got, got up, brushed my teeth and all this kind of stuff. I went to church with my wife because she asked me where I go. So I said, yeah, just to stop her from keep asking me. Because she asked me a couple times here and there. So I said, you know what, let me go. Maybe she'll stop asking me. Just start asking me if I start, if I go. So I went. Under the influence of alcohol and marijuana, the sticky icky. And I sat in the second row on the left, second seat. That was my seat. I would have sat in the back, but it was all taken care take it up. That way I can ease out when I want to. But it seemed like that was a seat was already planted for me. Me and my wife, second row, first and second seat. That's where we was. God had already planned them seats for us. And I was asked after a period of time. What do I want to do for the ministry? I said, I'm good. I'll sit right here where I'm at. I'm good. Time went on, time went on, time went on. I heard someone ask me, what are you going to do for me? I didn't know 
that it was the Holy Spirit talking to me. I just kind of heard the voice say, what are you going to do for me? Eventually, I went to my pastor and my elder, and I told him. They asked me a couple times, and I said, they left it alone. I told them I wanted to do something for the ministry. I'm ready to get back. They say, what do you want to do? What, 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 what are your qualifications? I said, I drink and I can fight. Yes. I drink and I can fight. Said so you want to be a security? Yes. I had to learn. The security I used to do, I had to learn, is not like that security when you're in the house of God. You have to be discreet in what you do. You got to make sure that you don't bring attention to what's being done. So, I helped pick up chairs, put them up in the morning, put them down in the evening, pick them up before we leave for our service over with, put them down, pick them up, put them down, pick them up, put them down, pick them up, put them down. I did that for over two years. In the midst of doing that, someone asked me, Do you like doing what you're doing? I said, yeah. They said, you getting paid? I said, yes, I am. I'm getting paid for it. They say, how did you get paid? Because I want to do this here to earn some money. I said, I'm getting paid very well. They said, well, how much? I said, I'm getting paid for my, for my salvation. They say salvation. I say yes. I'm doing this unto God. I say, oh, boy, I ain't doing that there. They got to pay me. I say, well, your heart is not in it. Then. See, you have to be in it. Don't do it on the will. I didn't even do it on the will. I did it to come to church because I wanted my wife to stop asking me to go to church. So I went to church. I heard the call. What kept me at church? My pastor whistling the Andy Griffin song. I never heard that from a minister, preacher, whatever, to have people relax, laughing, but also getting the word. When they leave there, they feel different. They feel the love. So I picked up chairs and put them down until I had to do it again. Because I was all in. I was doing it unto God, unto my Father. Because if I was just doing it just to get paid, I would have been frustrated. But I don't get paid for nothing. I do it because my father rewards me with blessing, with joy. I get excited just to come to church. 
I get excited just to be with the Holy Spirit, walking with me, even outside the church. Someone with a calling to the ministry, working another job, will be miserable. Someone not called to the ministry, working, working in ministry, will be equally miserable. Since it is so important to become a minister only if you are called. You have to be called. You just can't say, I want to do this cell because I see the luxury in it. You don't know what it takes. So, how do you know when you're being called? How do you know when you heard the call? Has God called you to the ministry? If that is the case, then get ready to die to yourself, but also get ready for the most fantastic adventure of faith you can ever imagine. Blessing, satisfaction, and power you can possibly experience in life. You have been given a wonderful gift, but now it is time to prepare yourself for it. We have fun at the Kings Hill Room. The Kings Hill Room. We enjoy each other. We have experienced the feel the power of Christ and the miracles that He has did, the blessing He has restored on those, and the satisfaction of being here, being ready, always ready to go when God calls us. You be tired, but when my pastor. Elder Jones stands up here, I know he's tired before he stands up here. But when he stands up here, he get in church. He get ready for church. God start he start juicing him up. When he get up God start juicing him up. When he stand up here giving God's word Oh, he get to running. Oh, he get to moving. Oh, before he know it, he get to flying around here. He never stay still. He get to moving and flying. His mind, his body is so energized because only one that does it, God, energize him. Elder Rivers say Bishop Hill will walk back into church on his own accord. Would God lead him? God the one allow him to walk back into church. He won't be wheeling back in here on a wheelchair. He will be walking back in. God fulfill what he said he's going to do before we have all been hardwired 
for the purpose of God. To glorify him and only him. God deal with every God deal with us as individuals so he does not do the same thing to everyone. We all have different experience when we receive the call to ministry. However, there a pattern, there is a pattern that can be found in the life of people called to ministry. Ultimately, you know you are called by the revelation, but then or not. See, we all have a time to wait God allow us to go our separate ways. To allow us to go the way we want to go, knowing that he ordained you for something. And he have a time span when it's going to happen. When you will come back and you will turn to him and you will say, Father, what must I do for you? We all have that thing. We all have that heart light in us. And it will come to pass. How do you know if you heard the call? How do you know? I knew <clears throat> because I was tired. I knew because being on deathbed too many times. I was pushing my luck. But I know I was still in the hands of God. I know he still had me. So I answered the call. I allowed myself to have my characteristics broadcast, thrown out, and put so it represents my father. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for allowing me to speak. I hope this word convicts someone out there today. That 2024, you will run to the church. You will give God your all. You will allow him to have his way with you. Because 2024, it's right around the corner. It's close. So please, please allow yourself to do the calling that you was called for. Lord, thank you. Allow me to be your servant until the day you call me home. Until then, I will keep answering your call. These things I pray. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you enjoyed this podcast, we have three different ways that you can give. One way is using the Givelify app by downloading Givelify using your iOS or Android device and search the King's Healing Room. 
where you will see our senior pastor, Bishop Brian Cahill's senior photo. You also can use our text to give. Here how it works. There are five steps. Step one, text GIFT to 1-844-981-2759, which is a unique to the King's Hiller Room. Step two, you will receive a text with instructions. Step three, follow the instructions to set up a given account. Step four, text the amount you want to give and the designation. It could be a tithe, offering, or general fund. In step five, you will receive a receipt via email confirming your gift. And here's the last way you can give. You can use PayPal and send your donation to tkhroffice at gmail.com. That is tkhroffice at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to listen to more messages like the one you have heard. We are the King's Healing Room. And we are a kingdom ministry with a global presence.